Welcome back to Sister Brunch with me, Fanchon Cox. And me, Anya Adams. We can't wait to continue the conversation about Black Women Plus striving and thriving in the media world. Today's guest is the fabulous Reese St. Amant. Reese is a props master with credits on amazing shows like American Housewife, Marlon, Santa Clarita Diet, Raven's Home, and Blackish, which is where we met. She's got an amazing resume and a ton of wisdom about the industry and lots of advice to spill. We're gonna pull it all out of her. Uh, we can't wait to learn more about her experience and I think you guys will really love what she has to say about Black Women Plus working behind the scenes in film and television entertainment as a whole. So, yeah. Reese, Reese, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Sister, to Sister Brunch. Brunch. We <laughs> Thank are... you guys for having me, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're particularly so thrilled about you because we, we already talked about this a little bit, but we love having folks on with a job that people outside of the industry, when they hear that job, they had no idea it existed. Maybe if they're theater people, they might know. So we're going to get into what that is. But we yes. always like to start our, our show with the trajectory. Like how, where did you get the catalyst for wanting to end up doing what you're doing as a prop master? Well, I have to say everything in my life I have backed into um, <laughs> without a plan, really. Um, things just kind of flow. I mean, I think a lot of people in our industry get that fact that um, things kind of evolve. You end up places where maybe you had no idea that you would be. Um, I've had so many different jobs in this industry, but they all started actually in retail. Oddly oh, enough. wow. I worked as a visual merchandiser. Okay, let me back up and just say Mary Tyler Moore, the show, the whole idea behind that show was so inspirational for me yes. as a person in general, as a woman coming into power during those periods of time, just watching her with her apartment and everything. And then Rhoda, who happened to be her <laughs> yes! queen friend, who had the best job in the world, which I thought she dressed windows. And I, I was like, what is that? So oh, cool. it took me a while and I definitely was not trying to be Rhoda. But one day as I was dressing mannequins in my shop in the back, I realized, oh, my God, I've become Rhoda. <laughs> and I was so excited. Um, so that was basically the one job that led me into doing everything else that I'm doing, because um, the store that I worked for, which was amazing, um, it's East Coast and West Coast. It was called Orbox. They mm -hmm. used to dress everybody from I Love Lucy, the Don Loper label, all that stuff, wow. all came wow. from that store. And um, that was another amazing job for me, just having all that history and seeing, you know, behind the scenes of a store of that type of magnitude, because there are no stores like that anymore. Right. No. And um, just the transformation that they were trying to make in the 80s, competing with all of the, you know, neon and all these other things. And this was a traditional store. Anyway, needless to say, they went out of business, um, sadly. But my boss there um, ended up getting on to a show um, that was the JCPenney shopping show. Hmm. So it made sense that we kind of moved over to there. And instantly I became her right hand, which she was the art director for it. So I, by default, became the assistant art director on that show. Wow. So... Um, that's kind of how I started. Um, and from there, I just kind of rolled from one job to another job. Uh, I freelanced a ton from everything to costumes for, um, I remember working on Generations, uh, that old soap opera wow. from back in the day. 
and um, quite a few things. As you can tell, I'm I'm a little older. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm making wait, some references. Did you go to school for art? I went to school for design, specifically okay. f- fashion, and then I got a bachelor of science in marketing because that was what I was to do. None of that really day to day helps me with what I do as a job, <laughs> but that's okay. Right. Because yeah. you have to have some kind of um, base for something. And for me, that was it, education. However, for other people, it's experience. It is whatever. I don't throw stones at anybody any way that they came up in any type of business because it all takes a lot of things, timing, opportunity, yeah. and just being you know, conscious of where you are to look and see where yeah. you can go. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, starting off as kind of assistant art department. Will you just mm-hmm. share kind of for our listeners to what, what you do in art department, which eventually led to what you're doing now? Okay, back then we were more concerned with the set. It was uh, a daily show that we produced, kind of like the format of a QVC. But at the time, it was pretty interesting. Oh, I got to say the best part about it was they taped Soul Train on the lot. And I ah! got to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can go into a side, I got to see Don Cornelius in all of his um, outtakes and everything. I got to see all the dancers come in with all of their Oh, that's so and, awesome. And, like Amazing. tons of costumes. So I, I believe me. That I know you wanted some... to run over there and like get on that line <laughs> and just be like, just real quick on my break, you know, on my lunch exactly. break. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was amazing. I mean, just seeing all the the uh, the stars coming in and out of there. That was shot at KTLA. That's where we were shooting oh, um, wow. at the time. So, yeah, um, yeah we uh, dealt with everything regarding the set um, and any type of decoration, any type of um, costuming issues like colors theory of behind all of that just um trying to drive the sales basically mm. so that was uh the focus on that show is being in the art department um doing costumes all of those types of jobs were back in the 80s and i was doing those freelance so at any moment i would throw my sewing machine and an ironing board and <laughs> all my sewing stuff into a car for mm. who knows what i'd be doing alterations for the day or I'd put all my power tools and everything and I could be building sets for the day. It didn't matter to me. I had all those kits ready to go. Someone called me, I just went. And then one day I got on a feature and I got it there. A friend of mine needed somebody who could mix colors and run like some paint crews or something. So I started working in construction and mixing colors and doing all these other things. Well, that show turned union. So technically, my first union gig was a feature back in 96. So wait, the union that you're in covers painters, construction, all art department jobs? 729 is the local, and we're technically painters and sign writers. Okay. So that is a completely different... Anya, when we met, I had already gone through two other unions. So wow. I am a multi-card holder. Okay. Um, my cool. mother calls it professional ADD. Um, you call it keeping it varied keeping it diverse yeah that's right just keeping the work coming is what i call it so um my husband and i both do that kind of thing we both have multiple cards and we both work so the next job after paint i was on a feature and there was a um, an accident a bad accident and um i kind of needed to get out of construction for a bit 
Um, so with help of friends, because I'd been in the business for quite some time, they were able to kind of um, say, hey, why don't you try, you know, props or something? So um, I went ahead and went into uh, a movie. If I had known I was a genius was the name of it. And um, I was able to get my days for 44 there. And mm. that's when I switched over to props. Um, so 44 oh, is the prop master union. 44 is big. It covers set decoration, uh, props, special effects, greens, all those wow. all those crafts um, behind the scenes for the set. That's what that is. So we and we should mention just because we we've heard now this kind of a pattern of the importance of getting into a union, right? It obviously yeah. steps up your level of support, but also for salaries and everything, right? It's important to. Is there it? is definitely a um, protection, as it were. The, yeah, um, there protection. are a lot of things that uh, the union does for you that way. Um, they can make suggestions to um, producers to improve your quality and safety on set, um, which is re really good. Also, the opportunity to yes, secure a, a rate that yes. is um, uh, measurable Standard. and can mm. grow. Yeah. And also, the biggest draw is uh, medical and yes. all those types of benefits that you can right. get as well. Right. That being said, um, I'm throwing no shade to people who do not have those things because there are ways to do it. And I did work for many years between 88 to 96. And I was young. Nothing was ever going to happen to me. And <laughs> I was completely happy about that. Yeah. Um, and I, I come from a, a household of union members, so I do understand that. My mother's a teacher. Um, my dad worked as a bricklayer, mason, for the city and everywhere else. So I do understand that, and I grew up in a household of that. I wasn't feeling that at the moment. I just wanted to work, and I wanted yeah. to be creative, and I wanted to be busy. But um, growing up, when you decide, okay, I want a house, I want to have a, a little bit more stability, there are things that the union can definitely afford you. Um, not saying that you can't get that on your own, but... It does help a lot. This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with Assistant Props Master, Reese St. Amand. Welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Fanchon, and we are jumping right back into this amazing conversation with Reese St. Amant. I did miss one uh, very important branch of my life. I was an exotic animal trainer. Um, when I was painting before the accident, um, I needed some fresh air. And so I would come home on the weekends dead tired, and I would start like knocking into the house, like busting through a wall, making an <laughs> wow. opening, getting some drywall, whatever. And my husband was finally like, you know what? You need to take this someplace else. You need to be, <laughs> get this out of the house. So I started looking up some stuff. I'm like, well, I kind of would love to learn how to work with lions. So I looked it up online and sure enough, there was a school for it. And it wasn't far from my house and they worked for the studios. So it kind of made a lot of sense. It all kind of vibed at the one time. So I went down there and I took the class and they invited me like immediately to like, hey, why don't you just come and train with us? Because we love your vibe and, you know, you know your way around a set and everything. So it worked out great. So with them, with Hollywood Animals in 2000, I think it was when I joined up um, as getting paid gigs and stuff with them. 
And I would go on set with um, tigers and lions, and wow. <laughs> we had capuchins, and we had uh, hyenas, and um, leopards. I can't express to you the feeling. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, just caring for animals like that. We did not breed. We did not do any of that kind of stuff. But just for me being nanny, nanny Reese is what they called me at the ranch. <laughs> um, I was basically the handler who uh, brought them out, calmed them down after their task, um, usually had them sit and wait and controlled them while the other trainer would call them out. Um, wow. We're getting a twofer today. Like, yeah. I, I, I love it. <laughs> but I do think like, I mean, if we take it back to what you do, Reese, like the prop yeah. department a lot of times is called on for all these random things. And I think we should talk a little bit about that. Yeah. What's really awesome about your listening to your history is that everything you've done, I know you use in your job and props. You fucking sew. You build some random thing. We need this thing really fast. You can find out how to do that. We have to bring in animals. You know how to work with the animal trainer in a way because a lot of times you're a liaison with the cast, you know, in terms of making them feel comfortable with the items that they're utilizing that you're providing. What does it mean to be a props person on set? What are those different, the different roles, prop master, assistant prop master? Well, a prop master is usually the person who gets hired on by production. They handle procuring everything from a fork. If an actor touches a fork, that's a conversation between set deck. Like, is this the type of thing we're using? Should we be using this? Is it going to be used as a stunt? Do we need to have a standby? Does someone get stabbed by that fork? It can cover weapons of every type. We, I, there have been times, I always felt like Trinity, you know, like in the Matrix where, <laughs> you know, you have to sit back and say, do you know how to use this AK? You know, <laughs> can you... Uh, tear down this Glock and clean it on camera. Can you show the actor how to do that? And you kind of have to close your eyes and go, I can Google that in a second. Yes, I can do that. (laughs) So that's kind of the types of things that we do. Like if it comes to animals, um, usually the animal trainers will have like leashes and things like that. But sometimes things have to be perfect for camera. So it has to be the tag for the dog and the collar for the dog as the director prefers them. So we will provide that stuff or a saddle. You know, we could even have to purchase a saddle for a horse because it has to be a certain type or make sure we get from the actor, you know, if they have their own saddle that they like to get, make sure that that's there on the day. Um, so you start pretty early in the production because you're you're already, you know, from the script or from the line producer, all the things that are gonna need to be purchased before you even get to the set. Right, purchased or rented. There's like a whole rent world that has to happen as well. Um, so the prop master would be in on all of those discussions, all of those production meetings, all the show and tells as Anya remembers. The show and tell is fun because like the props master pulls together, like, for example, on the show I'm working on right now, there's a prop. It's a giraffe stuffed animal that a young girl's had since she was nine. But like, I mean, Reese can tell you when you're asked to get something that is supposed to be 10 years old and looks like a child had it, you know. That's also something props has to do. You're not mm. just buying like the new cup and the fork. You're also creating prop things, right? And then you show it to the director and they go, yeah, I like that. I don't like that, you know? Yeah. And and depending if you're doing something that spans time, like uh, like when we did Fame, um, the, the movie, Ooh, we had to have... Cool. Uh, well, not the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not that old. Not, but, uh, I was like, "What?" Like, that was okay. But, um, 
but no, but but when you have to span time, like some mm. some a show like that, you have to have like maybe that giraffe has to have several different giraffes. Maybe yeah, that giraffe yes. has to look brand new in a scene where the actor was a child, and then has to also sit in the background of another scene where it's older. Um, yeah. There are a lot of times where uh, things have to be straight up fabricated uh, because of copyright issues. You can't just grab like a Mickey Mouse and put it oh, on a set. I never thought about that. Um, right. I know there were a couple of times on Blackish. Uh, I know when the kids would get in their bed and they would start grabbing the set dressing in the room. And it's one thing to have a piece on camera. It's another thing to have an actor hold it um, because of uh, their brand becomes affected and the show's brand becomes affected. Everybody has to kind of pitch in with that. So there are a couple of times where she would grab, you know, like Kayla would grab something and I'd be like, and they're kids, you know, they're they're playing in the room and they want to do it. And they, everyone looks at me like, why did she grab it? I'm like, because she's a kid (laughs) kid, and she wants to grab it, you know, but these were the things that set dressing had placed in the room, but they weren't, they weren't clean. They weren't, um, they weren't fabricated. So, um, although you can take, like, it was funny getting you even ready for this. I'm covering up my banana gram on my banana back there and stuff like that. I'm just so hyper conscious about brands and things like that, that you just really don't want to show anything that you can't explain. Hi, it's Anya and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back. our conversation with props extraordinaire Reese St. Amant. Now they can zoom back into a room and we will have standards and practices come and tell us that set dressing can't put that there because it's not a cleared picture. So um, that happens with books. Um, Anytime an actor wants to read something on camera, you say, okay, hold it um, so we can't see the inside or the outside. Can you do that? (laughs) And there's like three cameras coming in all directions. The director's like, don't worry, it'll be fine. And I'm sitting at the monitor like, I'm seeing it all in your C camera. I'm seeing it all. You're going to cut to that. I know it, you know. So Reese, that's are you my ever little... able to watch anything without looking at <laughs> you, you, you don't anymore. get that benefit, do you? <laughs> Impossible. Can I just I just want to clarify one thing. The art department has props in it. So set dressing is the group that goes and set put makes the set, but then walks away. And then the prop department brings in the items that the actor's normally going to interact with. Is that right? Or is there a there's a little bit more to that, but in general, if an actor is going to touch something or interact with it in some way, it's your department, the property department's responsibility. That's generally correct. Um, There's a lot of crossover with different departments. Um, With special effects, let's say something needs to be built or something is, uh, um, you know, gadgeted out with a robot type of buttons and switches and things, Um, they will bring it to set um, I prefer that whoever built it is there. That's why if I build something, I am there, I'm on it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, we do have an onset dresser that's available to us as well um, that works as like a, a second hand to our department. Interestingly enough, that was a, a position that needed to be made that wasn't originally in the plan. Originally, props handled all of that stuff on set. But when it comes down to having like a meal for like five people resetting for like two to three hours, depending on how long it takes to shoot that scene, 
um, worrying about exactly what the curtains look like in the background becomes background. And I don't want to be straightening that up when I got macaroni and cheese on my hands. Right. So um, mm-hmm. there is an issue and, and there is a need to have like um, yeah. on-set dressers wow. there and representing their department and making sure their set looks consistently as well as it should. Let's say you're doing a, a food scene or an operating scene, which I consider the same because the field is a table <laughs> with moving props on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actors that sit in a, usually in a round. Um, and what happens with those situations is the camera will come in and do usually first, not always a master of the entire set as it is. Usually someone's the back of their head um, is, is in that shot. Mm-hmm. And then as we go, we pick up people's coverage and we go around the clock slowly. And that means that every time we start, we have to go back to the first step. For maybe someone's coverage, mm-hmm. once we've gotten past a certain bit, we can go to step F and start from there. But at each point, we have to document exactly right. where we were, exactly where we were starting from. Um, for me, it's a cue with, uh, um, I'm like, what line are we starting at? Because I, it depends to me whether an actress had something in her yeah. hand or not, or whether something was down. These are the types of things that we have to remember. If someone is shooting a gun, um, there's a lot of times we are back there loading the guns. And as my actors are shooting, I'm counting the rounds coming out of that gun. So I know exactly where they are and whether that weapon is clear when they call cut. Okay, Reese, I'm sorry. I have, I've just got to ask because I refer to you as a prop master. We think of you as a prop master. Everything you're saying with your expertise and everything you've done, my question is, why aren't you a prop master? And does it have to do with the fact that you're a black woman? Are there black women prop masters? And what's the deal? And can we get you more money and more jobs? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Now, let, well, let's, let's go to that uh, whole <laughs> angle. Um, in general, just to scoot over the whole uh, why I'm not a prop master. A prop master has a lot of liability, has a, a huge kit. There are things that they carry with them that I don't want to be that heavy with. I mean, as you know, I like to keep moving. I like to do different things. Um, right now I'm, I'm working on shows, but I'm also, uh, building websites. I taught myself to code during this entire, of course you are. Well, I love to learn, you know, um, I've learned to be a med tech. Um, but all that being said, every job that I've had, um, has been around, me on my merit. Uh, I go by Reese. I try and be as, uh, I want to be a surprise when I walk in a room. I know I'm going to be a minority no matter what, because I'm a woman and I'm black. Um, But I like to have an even playing field just to get a chance to get a foot in the door. I've actually walked into a UPM's office and they're like, you're a woman. Like they're happy about that because um, depending on the subject matter of the Mm. show, you can't always ask that, but uh, you hope that the prop master uh, builds yeah. a solid team to bring you in. Um, there are a lot of situations, namely now, which actually I'm kind of grappling with myself, where sometimes I feel like I'm being offered a job because of who I am, um, mm-hmm. not because of my merit. And Tokenized. I, yeah. Right. Well, I'm trying not to put it that way because there are are situations where um, people have gotten jobs that way all their lives and that's just kind of how it is and it's accepted. But for me, um, growing up, my mother always saying, you know, girl, you got two strikes against you. You're a woman and you're black. 
that's always in the back of my head. And whenever I looked to go into an industry, when I was an animal trainer, I didn't know any other black women that handled um, tigers and lions, you know, but when I walked onto a Master P video shoot and I had an elephant and Master P was like a little apprehensive about getting on, I would get up there and go, you know, dude, come on, we can do this. Ray Lewis came to us and he was concerned about our tiger. I would go and walk the tiger around him on a leash and go, hey, you know, she's good. She's solid. But I think it's so meaningful that it's you, you know, like on any set I'm on, on any pitch meeting I'm on, it does matter to me when I see a black woman's face. I'm like, I, it elevates the situation for me. And, and look, not all skin folk are kin folk. Right. But, but like you, for the most part, it does, It, it adds a layer of respect for sure and i think some hopefulness like okay you know that's not just going to be me for one thing so i think that's really important on the sets you're on you know and also i feel like you as prop people really work close with the actors so you know being on a show where there are people of color in you know the actor position having a having a props person that looks like them i think is also very comforting um because you guys do very intimate stuff and also like you're just there all the time like a gatekeeper right. for stuff in that's a way coming also them, you know? I, I do like to you know i just love to learn if there's a, a medical procedure i mean i was able to work the da vinci machine and yeah. things like that that just awesome. don't happen to everybody on a, on a daily day-to-day basis i like to to know that you know not only am i what they're looking for but i'm hella qualified to be there go ahead and Reese. it's one of yes. those things that I've yeah. always, always pushed that, um, you know, I really wanted my merit and my work ethic to speak for myself. And I am like crazy detailed, as Anya knows. Um, I am crazy about everything. Like sometimes on a set, I won't even get to know everybody on the set until I am comfortable with how my job is, how I'm pushing my job, how I'm, I'm, I'm getting along with my actors. Um, I really need to have my job solid before I can reach out to other people and start just saying, hey, girl, hey, good morning or whatever. It takes it takes me a minute to, to settle in. Right. And I remember meeting Anya. I mean, mm-hmm. I almost cried that one morning. It was the first day we were shooting. This is on Blackish, we should say. Yes. yes mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't usually get that close. Like when I get to ca- I'm all business. I, I just go in and I do my thing. I'm not like, hey, what'd you do this week? I, I'm just kind of, I go in. And um, for a lot of actors, yeah. they respect that. They want that. They they just, that's all they want. They don't want you telling them 20 million things while they've got a whole scene to do. They just want you to hit those buttons. And if you can't hit those buttons yeah. because everyone else has to get in there, I'm watching to make sure that I record to let them know exactly what they did um, in my head. So that kind of trust factor that you have to have with people. But walking into that set and having Anthony walk up to everybody, just kind of greet them in in the warm way that he is. Um, And looking and seeing Anya, I almost fell over. I'm like, (laughs) she could be my, I, she could be my sister. I mean, I've never run into people like that. And, but I did also notice just looking around and um, seeing that, those women were also on their game. Yeah. It's not like we we didn't all walk in the first day and go, hey, we made it, we're here, whatever. No. <laughs> yeah. We were all on our job and we were all there for the day. 
Um, I was as cordial to them as I am to most people that I meet every day. It was not like this secret handshake or just like, yeah, we made it kind of thing. I think we all kind of came up from that school of being like yeah. having to know that we were there, we were solid, we had all of our stuff ready to go. Hey, it's Fanchon, and you are listening to Sister Brunch. We will be right back. Welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Anya, jumping back into the discussion with Reese St. Amon. To your point on merit too, and and how hard we work, and that and yeah. that everybody was on their game. So with the inclusion writer, a big point that our attorney Kalpana Kodagal worked on was uh, avoiding any kind of re- reverse discrimination claims or right. quota claims. And so we're very clear in the language that you don't just hire anybody; you hire qualified people, right? You're you're making your sets representative of the world, but these are qualified people. And that's what struck me in sitting in Anya's backyard and having these conversations with all the women in Reefs right now. I'm, I, for real, I freaking, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah, is, no, really, she is. is that, is that I ha- we, we are genuine in that response to it, right? That like, it's, but we don't yeah, get yeah. recognized for the work that we do. So yeah. what is it like for you when you're on a set where that's not like blackish? Or do you find there's hesitation or questioning of your skills? I personally, um, and, and I, again, I attribute this to my work ethic just because I am so strong with that. Like all you have to do is kind of be with me for you know, two minutes and see my OCD and everything just kind of becomes very clear that you are covered, you, you're going to be fine. And of course, most of my, my jobs are word of mouth. So it's not like it's a surprise that they happen to get Reese for right. the day. Maybe production doesn't know about me. And maybe I am like, you know, that unicorn. Oh my God, <laughs> there's a black woman that does all of this kind of stuff. Maybe that is like, you know, a surprise for them, but not the people that usually hire me. I have been on a couple of shows where, or been offered a couple of shows where I'm just kind of like, is it just because of my skin and my sex? Is that it? Sometimes as, as far as being hired just because I'm a woman, I kind of accept that a little bit more only because the subject matter of the show, like let's say it, it may be like a show like House of Lies where there is a lot of guest cast that would be coming on in delicate situations. Um, and I do understand the need for that. And and on that show, I wasn't always the person on set, but whenever something uh, of that matter came up, it was uh, nice, like, you know, co- between costumes, makeup, and props to have all, all women there for especially a guest star um, who's not used to being there every day. Um, it was a little bit more comforting for that. So I do understand that, but... Um, just to let them know that, hey, you are covered. I, I am good at what I do and we will keep this, you know, on the up and up and, and you are in, with professionals. I have to do this because you did open a slight can of worms that I think we should address. Uh-oh. Well, it's interesting because we, we have talked about now you two thought you were sisters and I feel I feel a little left out because I'm like, we all look like sisters. We could definitely be family. Having said that, you you mentioned, Reese, about being light-skinned and, I, and there is a colorism issue, not only in front of the camera, right? Not only in casting, oh, yeah. but but it, and that it's so it's one of the things we're also, we're, we're another way we're 
we're updating the inclusion writers to is to add language around colorism. But I'm curious if you if you see that within your department as well. Well, honestly, um, within my department, it's pretty rare to have uh, if it's a female. If I'm working for a female prop master, then there's two women. Yeah. Um, usually, if there's a male prop master. I could still be the only woman there, um, much less the only black person. Maybe maybe on the set, if I look around, like the last time I was on set, there were like three or four of us that I could count on set. That's the whole crew. I'm not counting all the riggers because sure. maybe the rigging crew wasn't there. And of course, I didn't see construction because mm-hmm. they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go into the production office because that's a whole separate thing too. But um, in my daily view... No, there are not that many of us. And um, that doesn't matter what shade you are. I feel like we, for us, well, I mean, all of us are lighter skinned women. So I feel like the, the colorism within the black community, yeah. we, we don't, yeah. I don't come up against it very much in this world because there's nobody the only here one to period. perpetuate it. <laughs> Ex- yeah. Right, right, right. So it's yeah. like, like Reese is saying, you know, if there's three or four people, there's not... I don't think there's even room for that because you're just connecting to each other on the fact that you're all people of color in this. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's our responsibility, right? Like I think about that a lot when I'm mentoring or when I'm thinking about who are we going to be able to hire next? Like that, that's where it's on us because they're not going to do it. But we got a long way to go because, again, look at us. And 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 yet we also need to be doing this like, yeah. Because we are going to be the ones who also reach back and make sure our darker sisters have the same kinds of opportunities because nobody else is going to do it. It feels like to me, because as a director, if you're a key grip or you're a camera person, while your world is diverse, you're always working with the same equipment, you know, like camera or grips have the same equipment. But as a prop person, if you love to learn, like this seems like such a fucking great job because it's like, how do I take a Glock apart? Because props are responsible for guns on set. Or how do I, whatever that's in the script, you need to learn that and be able to synthesize the information to the actor if they don't know how to do it. Like if you're somebody who loves to learn and loves to teach, like what a cool job. I love it. You're like, you're like the librarians of entertainment and I love that's the big part it's not only just wanting to learn because I I always have had this affection for learning yeah um but but to be able to teach that and to understand how to explain it to everyone like yeah like when I can get through to my kids I love having my kids on set um when I can get through with my kids and like explain something to them and get them like motivated on trying to do something a certain way and to have like continuity like there's not one kid that won't come up to me now that I've worked with that goes continuity continuity <laughs> because just teaching them basic things like that of, of like how to to make a pattern in things and how to recognize yeah. patterns and help yourself with that pattern like wouldn't it be better maybe if I handed it to you here that way you you know you're here for that line every time and they're like wow. oh okay you know so it's it's not it's me working with the directors trying to help it out too like just as Anya knows too it's just let me help you like i added one actor who wanted to have uh his coffee hot on on set and and come up with steam and i said (laughs) baby this is a three uh you know camera show Uh, this is a multi-cam um and we have a boom 
and no one's going to notice that right away. I said, let me help you out and let me just put some ice water in this cup for you. And that way you can drink that. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God, thank you. I never thought about that. I'm like, I'm just here to help you. We're all, this is all an illusion. So let me help. Reese, I'm crushing on you so oh. hard. <laughs> I, How can I help because, you? No. <laughs> oh, honey, trust me. Um, we should ask, what are you working on now? And what are you working on in the future that you can talk about? And what is your goal, dream oh project for you, I think Reese? you may be very disappointed at this point, but we'll, we'll see. No, um, no way. I have slowly... Over the past few mm -hmm. years, I've gone from like being on Blackish um, to having going into multicam world, which was amazing and helped a lot with my scheduling, um, to just kind of slowing down actually at this point in my life. Um, there is not as much growth in my uh, field as there would be. Like, you know, there's, there's a path for ADs, there's a path for camera people. Um, when you're in a, a position like this, um, to keep moving as I like to do, I'm kind of getting stuck. And a lot of the people that I like to yeah. work with have started to retire. And um, it's just getting less and less. Like now I just kind of go in as a day player if I choose. Um, I'm at the point of my life where I can kind of pick and choose, even with COVID. Um, there are a lot of places right now that um, I could work, but I don't feel comfortable working. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm really not sure what direction I'm going to go into at this point. I, um, I love that. I love that there's no pressure to have to answer some huge goal. One, because you've done so much. And two, because my goodness, if if we all haven't learned the importance of kind of like being happy with where we are, especially right yeah, now in yeah. the world, yeah. then um, I just love that. The good thing about being in a union, um, another another wonderful thing about being in a union, in unions with an S, is that let's say something would happen. When I was in construction, there would be somebody that would go to Wayside on the weekend, which if you guys don't know where that is, that's prison. Okay. And then get out and work right next to you and never miss a beat for a salary. Um, you can be gone for like a year and a half, have a baby, uh, get your baby ready to be a, a little student and come back. Yeah. And you're still coming back at the same rate that everybody else was at. You're not missing a beat. So Good there point. is a lot of comfort in that. Of course, if you're trying to go for that carrot of retirement, um, which I don't think anyone will ever stop working mm. at this point in time in our, mm. our history, um, there's no like grandma and grandpa are on their boat. Uh, right, I don't know that right. person. So um, knowing that I'm going to be working forever, I guess right now I'm just transitioning into like, what can I do after? Or what can I do maybe even for this industry um, after? And so with all the tech skills, with all of the other skills that I've been able to, to gather um, to become the Jill of all trades that I am, I just thought I'd add another layer to that and see where that takes me. Because as I said, when we started, I have backed into every job that I've ever had. I've never made any regrets to that. I've met some wonderful people, some incredibly 
um, inspiring people along the way and inspiring animals along the way as well. All of them made me what I am today. And um, I met my incredible husband that way. We went met on set because where else are we ever? Um, <laughs> and I think it's just one of those things where all of these experiences, you are pointed in a direction. You can make a choice anytime. And as long as you're true to yourself and how you feel deep down and follow your gut, you can't make a wrong decision. Oh, it's a perfect note to bring this to a close. Thank you so much, Reese. That was our conversation with Reese St. Amont. Go to sisterbrunch.com to find out more about her, her projects, and where to follow her on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast and Twitter at Sister Brunch to catch up with us, what we're watching, and support our amazing Black Women Plus community and guests. On Facebook, we're at www.facebook.com backslash Sister Brunch Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you get podcasts. Special thanks to our show producer, Brittany Turner, our executive producer, Christabel Encia Boade. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tonga people for those of us in Los Angeles and the Coast Salish for Anya in Vancouver. See you guys next time.